well, we, we just we just did some schools teacher stuff, so we'll take a little break from that. But we got we got to tell you we got this coming up because it's absolutely an amazing story, and uh, alerted to it by uh, our old boss Jason Rantz. Uh, we worked for him briefly in Seattle. Good dude. But anyway, he tweeted this out yesterday. A Washington Teachers Union president says reopening schools is an example of white supremacy. Concern over a child's mental health or suicide risk is white privilege. What? And push to reopen schools is like rioters pushing to enter the U.S. Capitol. So we'll get to that coming up later this hour. It's really that quite is a study. little preview of what this lunatic said, and she is the teachers' union president. Ay, caramba. Yeah, I don't even know what to say. You know, and, and listen, we ran out of time in the last segment, and I'd probably beaten it about to death anyway, but uh, this teaching tolerance, this anti-racism teaching uh, doctrine, the part I can never forgive is they spe- they are specifically instructed to teach the kids Listen, your parents are part of the past. It's okay to disagree with your parents. Your parents are wrong. You are the new leader. You are right. They are wrong. Actively coaching children to mistrust and undermine their parents in the home. I I realize it's easier said than done. Easier for me to say. But, man, if your kid's in a school where they're teaching that crap, you got to sell a kidney or do whatever you got to do to get your kid into a different school. Because that's just just awful. I know how disrupting moving is. It's brutal. Um, But I've moved, you know, plenty of times through my career for various reasons. You survive it. It's fine. Get out of that school district. It's tough. In some places, it's the state. Yes. Yep. The state believes that crap. Good point. Um. You're looking at you know paying for school, which is galling if you pay a lot in taxes because that's what you're supposed to be paying for with your taxes. Well, and my kids went to a by the standards of Cal Unicornia, a very conservative school district, a very you know reasonable, well-run school district, and it is sliding quickly leftward. Um, and uh, we ought to get to this story later. Seattle and Portland appear to finally decide that they don't want rioting anymore. Do you mean mostly peaceful protesting? Uh, some of these riots in which they're specifically uh, chanting F. Biden. And they're, they're, I think they're really realizing in Portland, Seattle, uh, we might have a problem here. We yeah. thought this would go away when Trump left, and this has not happened. There are a lot of conservative commentators who are saying, oh, amazing. Now that Trump's out of office, they've realized, they're, they're, they're pretending to realize. And, and there is some of that, I think. But I think you might underestimate, particularly if you live in the more reasonable parts of the country, you underestimate how delusional a lot of the progressive leadership is. They actually believe their own rhetoric, and they actually thought that the 125 nights in a row of rioting and violence were an expression of concern for racial justice. And that, uh, and, and, and opposition to the terrible, terrible orange president. They actually believe that. And they thought, you know, some of these tactics are awfully ugly and uh, they frighten me a little bit, but I'm sure once we get rid of the orange man, everything will be fine. And then the minute Trump is out of office, they go smashing stuff and yelling F Biden, dragging old people out of their car and beating them down and the rest of it, trying to kill a cop in Tacoma. Um, you know, this uh, they realized, oh, wait a minute, everything Armstrong and Getty and whoever else has been saying is true. Whoops. Speaking of racial justice, a lot of the reason the vaccine is not getting out as fast as people hoped is the never-ending quest for racial justice and righting historical wrongs. Um, 
But right now what we've got is a race between getting the vaccine out and these various mutations of the COVID that are traveling around the world, whether it's the British strain, the South African strain, or now the new California strain that they're talking about. Anyway, I just saw on the news that there are a lot more vaccines on the way. There are 64 human trials currently going on. There are 11 vaccines that are in the final testing stages that as soon as they're done, they'll be out on the market in addition to the ones we already have. And there are 173 vaccines in development right now. Now, not all of those will turn out to be worthwhile, but a bunch of them will. So we could certainly have 70 vaccine options by, you know, later this year. Jack, I feel like it's 5.30 and you're telling me all about all these new gins that are being developed, but you haven't poured me a drink yet. When do I get mine? Yeah. You know what? Well, Down the road, I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm pro that. That's, when do I get mine? That is the problem with this, this uh, mutation story to me is the, it's okay, one, it's not more deadly, which is just not understanding math. The fact that it spreads faster makes it more deadly by multiples. And then the and it looks like the vaccine works on the mutation. Okay, that's fantastic, except for only 5% of the country has gotten the vaccine, and this thing spreads so fast. And, uh, Michael, uh, play the door opening, would you? And this is very exciting. We have a guest this hour, COVID-19. The actual microbe has joined us in studio. COVID, uh, first question, do you plan to stop mutating? Oh, no, Joe, absolutely not. No, uh, viruses, my people, we mutate constantly is the thing. Thank you, COVID. Thanks for stopping by. Good to see you. Morons of the media. Well, they don't know anything about anything. I like the way you anthropomorphized the virus. Thank you. I think there's an extra P in there that you forgot. I think so, too. Yeah. There may be. There's an entire syllable missing. <laughs> well, it's one of the symptoms. You probably have it. Dropping, I get your word straight, Jack. Dropping peas. And a loss of sense of smell and dropping peas. Anthropomorphize? It's important you learn to recognize the, the uh, symptoms. And one final thing that I must mention. I did watch the trailer by myself. Got to watch it for the kids. The trailer for King Kong versus Godzilla last night. Yes. And you're right. King Kong stands on an aircraft carrier <laughs> and punches Godzilla right in the face. He, he pulls back. The punch starts from Hades itself. Wow. Swinging around. Godzilla wow. apparently never been in a fisticuff fight because this punch is telegraphed and he just oh, yeah. still just, it just lands right on the jaw. Oh, Barbaric. Stick and move, Godzilla. Stick and move. The special effects now versus the 30s is really quite amazing. I mean, it, it's not a jerky, mo- you can tell it's a model or a guy in an ape suit or whatever. I mean, it's just it's stunning. Then you had your 90s Godzilla, was it, with Matthew Broderick, which didn't show the beast until like the very end. And then it was pretty clear, well, they didn't build a full-size model, so it's a series <laughs> of close-ups, in, like in a really dark studio. Mm. Um no, yeah, this I one mean, is uh, this one is stunning. Your your monster movies with modern technology, I may have to. A little mindless entertainment to to lift the the pressure of the day. Sure. Although I don't know, giant Japanese lizard fighting a monster ape. It's uh, I don't know. I can a lot it. of good books. It's yeah, exactly, exactly. And charities, but you, got you should kids. you should be at a soup kitchen or something. But to spend right. your time doing that. Yeah. You're, you're grown man. I'll watch it with my kids, yeah, and feel yeah. like it's not a waste of time. But Good excuse. If I found myself watching that alone, I would. Yeah. 
I got to take a look at myself. No, you were a child. No offense. Go do something else. No, I'm else. taken. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't need to concoct reasons to watch things that I enjoy. That's fine. <laughs> How do you, uh, who do you like in that bout, by the way? I mean, obviously, uh, the, the ape, you know, really lands one on the on the lizard, but. Well, I must say that it's I'm pretty s- clear. I've seen lots of fights go back and forth. It's pretty clear from the trailer that King Kong is, like, on the side of human beings. Yeah, and yeah. the only thing that can save us. Because of the 99.7% genetic similarity? So it's set up as a good guy, bad guy sort of battle. I see. Warm-blooded V, cold-blooded. Rooting for for Kong, but if I'm being honest about the the tail of the tape, Godzilla's got all the advantages. Really? Yeah. He puts out some sort of death ray out his mouth? Yeah, he's got like a dragon beam thing. Dragon breath. Yeah, yeah, I mean... have we linked? He's, he's much bigger, and you know, weight classes are a thing. It's yeah, just, sure. Yeah, yeah. Have we linked to the trailer, Hanson? Not yet. Because we will you'd in have, any second. You'd have to Google it otherwise to find it. We don't want you to put you through that. No, no, great Scott. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll link it on our website so you can find uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, we will get to the Washington Teachers Union person saying that crazy stuff la- stuff later this hour, and I mean it is crazy stuff. But these are real grown-ups that have an effect on your kids that are thinking these things. It's horrifying. Oh, and a series of headlines. I need to thank alert listener Rob for sending this along about Rand Paul's interview with George Sluffalophagus. A lot of news outlets covered the interview, and I will read you their headlines. Oh, okay, I want to hear that. You'll notice some similarity in them. (laughs) Also, an 18-wheeler carrying bees has flipped over. Oh, We'll tell you where. Oh, boy. (laughs) Peak 2021. (laughs) The Armstrong and Getty Show. Here is a gentleman explaining your current COVID shutdown situation. Stay home if you want to. It's good if you stay home, but stay home if you want to. It's good if you stay home, but you should go out, but you should support local businesses, but safely at home unless you want to go. And if you go to the mall, don't. But you can, but you shouldn't, but you won't. But if you work at the mall, go there. It's open. You're still in business, but no one's there because they should stay at home because they're here. They're staying and they're out. And if you're out, go home. But if you're here, wear a mask when you're out, but don't go out. Stay inside. There's parking tickets now. Move your car because the street's sweeping. But you shouldn't be on the streets because you're at home if you want to. And restaurants are closed, but you can't go to them. But you should stay inside. But go out. You know, that is pretty accurate. It was announced that Cal Unicornia had lifted its lockdown, including the curfew. Like, (laughs) I live in Cal Unicornia. I'm in the news media, allegedly. I keep forgetting. I don't know what the hell the restrictions are, and I don't care. There was still a curfew? There was a curfew. I don't know when it started or when it ended. (laughs) I don't know. I may have violated it. I don't know. I almost certainly did, but, oh. Yeah. Lawbreaker. Wow. Well, I, I got to believe that all across the country, and Fauci and Gottlieb have talked about this, there's no appetite for a lot of this shutdown stuff anymore. You, they, 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 Those days are past. The really <clears throat> clamping down, they tried it in California recently. They announced a big stay-at-home order and a curfew. Nobody paid any attention. Right. 
Yeah, and and a lot of the media halfwits don't, I don't know, they don't have life experience or the intelligence or the perspective to get this because they're like, well, wait a minute now. How can we be saying we have to do this now when earlier it was blah, blah, blah. It's, it's fairly simple. You're trying to avoid a negative. That would be the vid and the people dying and the people getting sick and that sort of thing. The longer you take extreme measures to avoid that negative, you create more and more other negatives to the point where the cure is worse than the disease or the avoidance is worse than the disease. I will stay at home for three days. I used this uh, analogy uh, the other day. I'll stay at home for the afternoon if there's a mountain lion outside my house. I might even stay at home the next day. But I'm not staying home at sit for six weeks. I can't lose my job. It would be crazy. So, yeah, things change through time. And and people are having to make their own judgments about you know what to do and how to do it. Remember at one point it was, we're offering free parking downtown so, you, so you'll go to the restaurants to get yes. them in business. Which at some point turned to don't leave the house under any circumstances. Right, right. It was funny, speaking of Cal Unicornia, I just came across this. Um, the way Gavin, uh, Governor Newsom announced his decision to lift the statewide regional COVID-19 stay-at-home order left some lawmakers fuming, especially since some of them learned about it from social media after the California Restaurant Association broke the news to its members. Uh, blah, 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 uh, state legislature blindsided, confused, shifting, and confusing the health directives. Uh, if you think we've been quiet about it in Sacramento, you'd be wrong. This is a Democrat now in the one-party supermajority state. Uh, yet another Democrat. There's bipartisan frustration in the uh, legislature now on how this pandemic has been managed. Nobody knows what's going on or why. It's really something. Well, they're they're all flattering themselves all across the country. If they think at this point you have much to do with where I'm going and what I'm doing, and I'm sure that's true for oh, right. a lot of people. Like I said, I didn't even I'd forgotten there were restrictions. So I think this is interesting, and this is common. Biden faces border dilemma. This is from the Washington Examiner. Illegal border crossings are expected to rise, and Biden has little time to steer sweeping reforms through Congress. So, without new laws, Joe Biden, as president, is going to be forced into a choice between either maintaining the Trump administration's enforcement measures and disappointing the left wing of the party, or seeing a huge rise in illegal immigration, uh, that the, the kind that the GOP has predicted with a Biden presidency. And that's going to be, well, you know, I don't know how much coverage it'll get in most of the media. Uh, so that's, you know, the one angle of it. If, right. If, if, if it, it doesn't fit the narrative, just keep it going. If it doesn't get any coverage, you know, I, I don't know how much damage it will do. But that is absolutely coming and soon. He's going to have to make a decision. Is he going to hold on to the Trump stuff until legislation goes through? Or is he going to just let people come across a lot of that Cajun and separating and all that sort of stuff that made such awful videos and people got all excited about happened in the Obama administration too. And it's, and, and what are your other options once people cross the border? Turn them loose. Trying to figure out who they are or whatever. So he's either going to have to continue a lot of that stuff or just let him come in. Yep. Yeah. I heard the point made that. Uh, the Biden administration is advocating interstate travel restrictions and quarantines and, uh, and, and oh, and you can't come over for, from Britain and the rest of it. Britain. And uh, there are a couple other, Germany, uh, various European countries, but you can flood in from Central America willy-nilly. Because you're brown-skinned. I guess. I guess. I get, Brits, no. Guatemalans, yes. With all due respect to our Guatemalan friends. 
I and think, Hondurans, I guess, more than Guatemalans. According to this person from uh, who's an immigration expert at a bipartisan policy center, I think there won't be rolling back many of the existing policies until they have a new set of protocols and policies in place. And it's a race right now. So according to this bipartisan immigration person, they think they'll just continue with the Trump policies until they get some stuff through. Boy, a lot of the left's going to hate that. Yeah. But yeah. again, I don't know how much attention it'll get if it's Biden doing it. Yeah, it's funny. I heard the other day, it's one of the first times I've ever heard this. I, it was some uh, thinking man's podcast, thinking woman's podcast, but I can't remember which one. But they were talking about immigration policy, and I finally heard somebody say what we've been saying for the longest time. They said, look, this is the classic example of the last thing they want to do is solve the issue. Because it turns out voters on both sides like crazy. If they were to come to a bipartisan uh, you know, compromise on immigration policy, path to citizenship, all that stuff, it's hard to achieve because both parties are, are pretty starkly divided within themselves. But they said if they solved that, they wouldn't be able to whip you up with it. They have no intention of solving it. And I thought, wow, finally somebody telling the truth. Then, of course, I flipped on uh, one of your other learned shows. Or it was a New York Times article, come to think of it. And they were just talking about Republicans divided as they look at uh, immigration policy. That reminds me, I heard something good about the weakness of the parties the other day I wanted to talk about, because it's, uh, it's pretty fascinating and I think very, very true about where we are currently. Want to get to the tussle between Rand Paul and George Sneffalopoulos uh, cool. the other day? We played a big chunk of that. Reset that and tell you how the rest of the media reacted to it. You could probably guess. Uh, plus, oh, we've got to get to the lunatic from the Washington teachers. Absolutely. Again. Let's do that next. Oh, boy. If you haven't heard this, please do stay tuned. Text line 415-295-KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I ask you a very simple question. Was the election stolen or not? I think there was a great deal of evidence of uh, fraud and changing of the election laws illegally, and I think a thorough investigation is warranted. I think a thorough investigation is warranted. Rand Paul, Sunday, talking to George Snuffleupagus on, uh, what do you call it, news this week, facing the media, whatever. Me- I like when you, you say, press the meats. <laughs> Here are your headlines. ABC News. Senator Rand Paul continues making false claims of 2020 election fraud. Okay, He said he believed mm. there were voting irregularities and laws no. changed. I heard that whole interview several times. I don't know what false claims he made. I mean, you, you can obviously, he's obviously spinning a certain direction or whatever. Mm-hmm. All right, let's try MSNBC. Rand Paul and the two sides to everything problem. This goes back to the whole Fox News needs to be taken off the air because there are some opinions that are dangerous and should be silenced. The rap went with Rand Paul refuses to accept legitimacy of 2020 election or Joe Biden as president. They spelled misspelled legitimacy. USA Today. There are not two sides to this story. ABC's Stephanopoulos grills Rand Paul who won't disavow the steal. I don't believe that's correct. Newsweek. Rand Paul refuses to say election wasn't stolen, blames media for saying we're all liars. That's a fairly yeah, accurate that's trail. That's exactly right what there. happened right there. Rolling Stone, Rand Paul refuses to say election wasn't stolen. I won't be cowed by liberals. That's actually fair, too. I appreciated that one. But it's funny, ABC, 
probably the most unfair one as it happened on their network, and they have the whole tape if they want to listen to it. Did an alien life form do a drive-by of our solar system in 2017? Experts say possibly. Get to that coming up. Possibly. Thanks, experts. <laughs> All right. We I have need, more on that, and it's fascinating. We need better experts. You mock me. Uh, do we have the name of this human? Um, the Washington Teachers Union president? I do not. I assumed not. it was on the sheet. I assumed Seymour it correctly. Butts. I assume makes an ass out of you and me. Uh, we will we will come up with that information, but you will uh, you'll believe us when we say this is the president of a powerful Washington State Teachers Union talking about every man, woman, and especially child in America wanting the schools open when it's perfectly safe and everybody knows it. Clip 15, please. There are decisions to be made. You stand on the lawn of the U.S. Capitol as people break down barriers and head to the doors. Do you follow? You stand at the governor's mansion, the crowd breaks down barriers to enter the grounds. Do you follow or do you choose a different way? We must not ignore the culture of white supremacy and white privilege. We have seen it in the free to breathe, reopen everything, rodeos and rallies. That okay, we've seen hang on now. So, wait a minute. Storming the Capitol, white supremacy, open everything. Where's he going with I this? I got to admit, if I'm a parent, I'm thinking, uh, when are you getting to the, uh, the school open or not? When can my third grader go to school? Uh, Scott Wilson, the president of the, the Pasco Association of Educators. Okay. And rallies that received county commissioner support. The same commissioner directs our health district. No one wants remote learning. No one wants remote learning, but it is the right thing to do. We know the equity concerns. Virus transmission is high, headed higher. With so many ignoring and avoiding measures to stop the spread, remote learning is the right decision. You've moved forward as the health district removes the barricades for you. You could choose a different way. You could move to pause in-person learning. You could ask for a new path that benefits all, not some. You could have the discussion and vote. You could choose a different way. Students are not coming to school. They live in multi-generational homes and have lost family members. We speak of equity. We speak of care of all students. And yet we listen and attend to voices saying, reopen everything and free to breathe, supporting white privilege. My family had to leave the Tri-Cities in 66. As minister of the First Presbyterian Church of Kennewick, Dad had the audacity to say Jesus Christ would not support a sign telling blacks, stay out of Kennewick after dark. What the heck? Wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. I'm trying to track with this dude. I'm trying to track with you, dude. Now, you have poor kids who are, as a percentage, it's higher among minority families. As a raw number, it's higher among white people. But poor kids are especially just getting decimated in terms of their education, their socialization, because they don't have the resources to get around the closing of schools. And this guy's saying it's white supremacy to be saying, well, he says open everything, right to breathe, whatever that is. We're just talking about opening the schools there, chum. What the hell are you talking about? My family had to leave the Tri-Cities in 66. As minister of the First Presbyterian Church of Kennewick, Dad had the audacity to say Jesus Christ would not support a sign telling blacks, stay out of Kennewick after dark. He traveled registering black voters in the South, and white supremacists here were outraged. He made the right decision. You received the same emails as I, calling teachers lazy or comparing teachers to store clerks. They complain their children are suicidal without school or sports. 
As a father daily surviving the suicide of my son, I find these statements ignorant and another expression of white privilege. Whoa. Oh. Whoa. Hang on. Whoa. Oh, dude. Wow. Child suicides are skyrocketing. It was kind of fun and games till you got to that part. And I then, hear parents complaining about their kids being suicidal. And because oh. my kid did commit suicide, you're a white supremacist. These people are teaching your children. I wow. believe what he was trying to say is, as a parent navigating these, my child is not suicidal. I, I, I think that's the point. I don't think his kid committed suicide, but maybe yeah. I'm just reading it wrong. He, he's pretty confusing. Yeah. Yeah, I'll grant you that. Huge daily death, death tolls from this pandemic seditious attacks at our capital, plus a new, more transmittable strain of the virus while our case numbers are rising again. You have the authority to hit pause. Allow time to find a way forward through the end of the year. You could choose a different way. Thank you, members of the board and Superintendent Whitney. Uh, Excuse me, uh, Mr. Chairman, uh, point of order, I have no idea what the F he was talking about or what point he was trying to make. I just know it was something about white supremacy and did not address in any way, and I mean in no way, the wisdom, the pros and cons of opening the schools. I move we throw a net over the gentleman. I second it. I third it. If you need it. It has been moved and seconded and we throw a net over the gentleman. Somebody get a net. Wow, is that some mumbo jumbo? That is something. Yeah. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. That is that is that is something. That is troubling. That stuff, that critical theory stuff, whether it's critical race theory or it's it's cousins in the world of just sick thought, uh it it first took hold in the teachers' colleges for whatever reason. James Lindsay's written brilliantly about this. Um and it became this doctrine that existed. It was like a disease that was festering in the teachers' colleges. And more and more people are getting radicalized and believing this stuff. And now it's leaked out into society, partly because they're indoctrinating people at schools. You go to teacher's college, you get indoctrinated, you become a, a teacher at a college or a yeah. assistant professor or whatever, and it's spread outward from there. But well, that guy's got a full-blown case. Well, it, it, you know, it pokes a part of your um, psyche that for some people apparently is very raw. Where, uh, where they make you think, if you don't go along with this, you're a racist. And people's immediate reaction, some people's immediate reaction is, well, I'm definitely not a racist, and I don't want to be a racist, so I'm going along with it. Rather than thinking, well, this is crazy crap. This is just crazy crap. Right. People just want desperately to belong and not be ostracized. You know, some of us are born with the, the stubborn gene. I'm not surprised that people disagree with me. It doesn't, I'm not surprised in the least. I know whether I'm a racist or not. And if somebody says, you believe this, so you're a racist, I think you're a crackpot. I don't think, oh, no, I have to change my mind. I have to change my mind. Discounting people who are saying their kids are suicidal and struggling because of this. Well, that's your that's your white privilege right there. F you, dude. Pardon me? Oh, that is that is that. Those are fighting words. That is fighting words. Man. Yipes. Yipes is right. Wow. 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 All right, then. Yeah. Glad we played that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, much more to come, including the... Uh, I'm looking for the video. I can't find it. It's absolutely hilarious. Uh, Steve Ducey of Fox News putting it to Jen Psaki, the president's new spokeswoman. Uh, Biden uh, called the uh, travel ban from China, among other places, xenophobic and, and racist. Um, 
uh, he just announced a, tra- a travel ban. Uh, how would you describe that one? Her answer will amuse you. After a quick word, f- a word from our friends at CarShield, thanks to CarShield, you have maximum safety on the road for low month-to-month cost. They help protect you from expensive car repairs. In fact, plans from CarShield can save you thousands for covered repairs. For a lot of people, CarShield is the perfect thing right when your car is going to run out of its warranty. So you got a new car. It's got the three-year bumper-to-bumper covers everything. Or 36,000 miles or whatever it is. Well, now you've hit the end of it. Now what? So whether your car is 5,000 miles on it or 150,000 miles, CarShield has a protection plan for everyone. The payments are flexible. It's easy to sign up. It's easy to get out of. And it's huge if you haven't heard about it. CarShield has helped over a million drivers. They're America's number one auto protection company. Easy in, easy out. You don't like it, you drop it. No problem. Just go to CarShield.com. Use the code Armstrong to save 10%. That's CarShield.com. Code Armstrong. A deductible may apply when you go to the mechanic of your choice to get your repair. Go to carshield.com and use the code Armstrong. Save 10%. It appears an alien life form did a drive-by of our solar system in 2017. Details details to go. Does it? Does it appear that way? Is Mm -hmm. that what appears? Mm -hmm. I see. Mm -hmm. All right. So stay tuned. All right. Will do. Plus, is it xenophobic and racist to ban Brits? We'll have the answer. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Got an angry email from someone who heard us discussing the movie King Kong vs. Godzilla. Really? You have to get to that coming up. Not happy with our lack of knowledge about the two beasts. My my, uh, apologies, friends. (laughs) It's pretty funny. Headline from Nakedly Progressive Radio, President Biden will impose, reimpose a ban on many non-U.S. citizens attempting to enter the country. The move is an attempt to limit the spread of COVID-19 and the new variants of the disease that are cropped up in several countries around the globe. The ban, expected to start Monday, would prohibit travelers from the United Kingdom, Ireland, and 2,600 countries in Europe that allow travels across open borders. It will also block entry to travelers from Brazil and South Africa. You can't come from great from London to New York? Nope. Really? Has that ever happened? Without uh, hoops being jumped through, I guess, tests and the rest Has of it. Has that ever happened? But I noticed that, Jack, with only a couple of exceptions, these are non-English-speaking countries. I'm calling it the non-English-speaking ban by the Biden administration. Now... Biden had, well, you know what? Uh, Peter Ducey does a pretty good job of setting this up. He's the new White House correspondent for Fox News. He's covering Joe Biden on the campaign trail. Uh, dig this exchange with Jen Psaki, the president's new spokeslady. When President Trump was imposing travel restrictions in March, specifically on China, then candidate Biden called it xenophobic and fear-mongering. So now President Biden is putting travel restrictions on people coming in from other countries. What word do we use to describe that? Well, I don't think that's quite a fair articulation. Uh, 
president has been clear that he felt the Muslim ban was xenophobic. He overturned the Muslim ban. Uh, he also, though, has uh, supported, um, and he himself, even before, or we did, I should say, even before he was inaugurated, steps, uh, travel restrictions in order to keep the American people safe uh, to ensure that uh, we are getting the pandemic under control. That's been part of his policy. But he was critical of the former president for having a policy that was not more comprehensive than travel restrictions. And he conveyed at the time and more recently the importance of having a multifaceted approach, mask wearing, vaccine distribution, okay. funding. So she's a pretty skilled spinmeister. And that's her job. Quote, we are in the midst of a crisis with the coronavirus. We'll need to lead the way with science, not Donald Trump's hysteria, xenophobia, and fear-mongering. The day after Trump announced the restrictions, he is the worst possible person to lead our country through a global health emergency. Then the so-called Muslim ban, which is also spin, which included Venezuela and North Korea. Not that many Muslims in North Korea. Um, (laughs) But... The if uh, Sean Spicer, who's uh, <laughs> we made reference to earlier, or uh, or uh, nice uh, Mrs. Huckabee, or if any of Trump's spokespeople had made claims like that, the mainstream media would be all over them. But they'll ignore this. Okay, fine. I believe we have the King Kong versus Godzilla trailer at ArmstrongandGetty.com. It is pretty spectacular. Um, but we are discussing King Kong and Godzilla yesterday, and Joe have and I have very little knowledge about the two beasts. Sean is pretty up to speed, but Joe and I don't know much about it, and we got this email who was not very happy with our uh, commentary. As we were talking about who's got what powers. Also, Godzilla is running by nuclear. That's how he gets his energy, and that's why he's so strong. And he has many different powers, including his nuclear blast that comes shooting straight out of his mouth. And also, this is not the biggest version of Godzilla. He's still growing, and Kong, his whole family is warriors. You know how to use shields and swords and chains to defend themselves. And also, King Kong is still growing and will get bigger. So after all this, please keep your stupid comments to yourself if you don't know what you're talking about. Fair criticism. I think that's uh, accurately how that was uh, typed as well. Yeah, I believe and you that exasperated the writer beautifully. That's a, you ought to do the audio book of that email. Yes. Uh, uh, question. Uh, These two have no idea what's going on here. If, uh, if uh, King Kong's from a clan of warriors and they've learned how to use chains and clubs and shields and stuff, why don't they buy a gun? I mean, if the monkey's that clever, why has he not purchased any firearms? Where are you gonna I get, suppose they'd where are you be, gonna get a gun that big, Joe? Yeah, they'd be tiny in his hands. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, they'd be a toothpick. He's asked Raytheon to build a semi-automatic pistol the size of a school bus. So if you're not still out to bid. So uh, to summarize, if you're not up to speed on the talents of the two beasts involved, do not mention the new movie. Yeah, just just <laughs> the best to keep quiet and be thought a fool. To paraphrase Mark Twain. And then uh, this story that actually kind of, well, it's, it's, it's a real story. Whether it actually happened or not, I don't know. This guy has written this book about, uh, it's called Extraterrestrial, The First Sign of Intelligent Life Beyond Earth. Um, Show me where it is on Earth. From the Harvard Astrophysics Department. And they believe that some meteorish thing that traveled through our solar system in 2017 was actually uh, intelligent life, some sort of spaceship. And um, this guy is involved in something called a Starshot scheme. It's bankrolled by a Russian billionaire who's really interested in trying to figure out if there's life in outer space. Mm. It's really fascinating stuff. Um, But this guy's point is, 
w- because some some astrophysicists or whatever you are, if you study this stuff, uh, don't believe it was actually <laughs> alien life. And this guy is making the argument in the book, really. Why don't we pretend that it is? He calls it the Anamahawa Wager. That's the name of the spaceship that traveled through in his mind. Anamahawa. It's a takeoff on Pascal's <laughs> famous wager, the, the, the you know the God wager, that the upside of believing in God is far out, far outweighs the downside. You might as well believe in God. What's the, what's the downside? Is you know the whole Pascal thing, especially it's, in the afterlife. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, likewise, believing that this was an alien spacecraft can only make us more alert and receptive to thinking outside the box. As Louis Pasteur once said, chance favors the prepared mind. His belief is that humanity is not prepared for this existence, both psychologically and technologically. And since it's guaranteed to be true, which he's, he's certainly right about that, with the size of the universe, it's impossible that there's not more life out there possible multiverses spider verses yes and he said since it's you know overwhelmingly likely um why not just you know act like this did happen and so now what what would we do in that instance or oh okay so he's even beyond analyzing it as if it's possible He's into, let's assume it was, it, it was that. Yeah, and why then wouldn't we deal since, with it as yeah, a mental exercise? Since it's inevitable, why wouldn't we? And that, I think that makes perfectly good sense. I kind of like this guy. It, it, seems, this seems like it makes sense to me. It, it is very interesting. You remember it was Stephen Hawking who died a while back? You know, his thing was we need to rethink this whole reaching out to space. <gasps> yes. This is not what a timid little rabbit does. Hey, wolves, or, well, I don't know what you are, but I'm over here. You look friendly. Mm. Wow. Uh, a foreign species. Come over, please. Come over. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like that. Acting as if this was a spaceship, whether it was or not. And okay, now what? Develop weapons to kill the hell out of them. Well, we just need the ones big enough that Kong can use. Raytheon. Then we, we get a space suit for Kong. Forget so, the King Kong pistol. We need something can take out an asteroid. I assume we want to enslave these beasts. <laughs> we do? We don't? I don't think we do. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.